Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We want to begin by personally inviting you to church this Sunday. We have two services, one at 9 a.m., the other at 11 a.m. Sunday morning. Love to see you at either. The service is available via live stream as well during that 11 a.m. service. You can find it at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And if you come at 11 a.m., we have Korean and Japanese translation available. We hope to see you there. And this week, we'll be in Joshua 4 Memorials. Let's begin today's Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walden. Hi, Pastor. Hey, half a day, Chris. And happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, Just coming off a couple of uh, days of eating and feasting and Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you've had a great time together with family and friends. We're looking forward to joining together as a church family on Sunday, and we'd like to invite you to come along. We're going to pick up a really cool story in Joshua chapter 4, and there's an interesting verse. Uh, We'll actually look at the whole chapter, but it's a story about the nation of Israel now under the leadership of Joshua as they cross over the Jordan River, and they're told that uh, the leaders of the tribes as they go through the river, that they're supposed to pick up a stone out of the river, and they're supposed to carry it over to the other side, and then they're supposed to build uh, an altar, a memorial. And in verse 6 of uh, Joshua 4, it says, "...that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones?" And then shall you answer them, and it goes on to say, then you're going to remember what God did for you as you cross the nation of, or the, uh, the river of Jordan. We actually find a similar kind of phrase in a number of different places in the Old Testament, this idea of memorials and uh, don't forget to remember. And God tells us that over and over again, and I'd like to talk about it this Sunday, just looking into the scriptures and what God's word has for us so we'd invite you to come along with us. We'll be a great time at either one of those services this Sunday morning. Well, I'm really glad to have with me uh, Lisa Oakley and Kelly Noopson. Welcome, you guys. Hey. Hello, Pastor. Both of you are teachers at Harvest Christian Academy, and uh, I thought it'd be cool just to get a little bit of your background and your story and the things God has used to uh, bring you to uh, your teaching positions and um, and maybe some of the things that he's teaching you. So uh, thanks for being willing to come on up um, sure. with us. Thanks for inviting us on. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, first of all, uh, what you teach. Uh, Kelly, I'll start with you. What you teach and how long you've been at Harvest. So I have been at Harvest for five and a half years. I started out student teaching here and I ended up teaching in the same positions. I teach seventh grade in English and then I teach senior British literature and I teach the competitive acting and competitive speech classes, as well as I run the after-school drama program. So competitive, that means they're in you know competitions yes. on island. Yes, and sometimes... we have um, on-island competitions. With COVID, we haven't had been able to have that, but we have competed online with schools in the States. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you for uh, being here and for your ministry in the school. Yep. Um, Lisa, what about you? Um, I've been out here for eight years now. I teach fourth grade English, grammar, and writing. 
Um, I've really, really enjoyed that. It's just been a joy to find a place where um, I feel like God uh, is really able to uh, like work through that position in my life, and it's just been a real blessing. You guys are both teaching in different um, age groups for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, was that just a, um, you know, that's just how it all fell out? Or it's like, man, I really enjoyed this age group. I didn't know before I came out here what age group I would enjoy. I knew I didn't want to teach elementary when I was in college. Um, but when I came out here and jumped in with the junior high level, I found I really had a connection with those age kids. And I really enjoy teaching junior high kids. British literature happens to be something that I'm extremely nerdy about. Uh -huh. So the fact that I get to teach that and share some of the things that I find enjoyable and fun about that subject makes the class very enjoyable to teach and I think makes it fun to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, for me, I really um, wanted to go into upper elementary. Um, even in college, I knew that was the age group that I was interested in. And then um, when there was a position open for fourth grade, I knew that was definitely what God wanted me to, uh, to do. And I really have uh, enjoyed teaching fourth grade specifically. I like that age group. I like the mindset of that age group mm -hmm. and just the um, an ability to think critically and to really um, evaluate where they are spiritually. Um, it has been really cool um, to kind of see in children and just their um, experiences with the world around them. They're, they're seeing things in their mind's eye for the first time and mm -hmm. processing it. And it's a really special like moment to be a part of in a fourth grader's life. So, so I mean, you guys, I know that there's a need for teachers everywhere. There's all kinds of opportunities, all kinds of options. I'm sure there were options for you guys coming out of college. What brought you out to Guam? I mean, is it love for travel, adventure, just love teaching? I mean, what brought you out here? Uh, several of those things for me. God made it super clear that there was nowhere else to go wow. Wow. <laughs> in my life. Uh, I grew up in a military family moving around all the time, so I was comfortable with going to very different places. There was nowhere where I felt like I need to be close to this particular place, because even if I moved there for this year to be close to my parents, they're not going to be there next year. Mm -hmm. At the time, I was going to do student teaching, and Maranatha, the college I graduated from, asked me where I wanted to go to do my student teaching, I couldn't go home to do it because I didn't know where home was. Right. So I had a friend out here, Laura Jano, then Laura Stevens, who was teaching out here. And she said, why don't you see if you can come do student teaching in Guam? And I was like, that sounds like a super fun idea. Because yeah. I had been interested in teaching overseas and I figured this would be, it's still the US. If I don't like it, I'm only there for four months. If I like it, It'll lead to other opportunities. It's on the edge of the world kind of a mm -hmm. thing. So I came out here and did student teaching. It worked out. And at the end of that time, student teaching, Nick Brown, was, who was then teaching seventh grade and doing drama, was leaving at the end of that year. And I got called into the principal's office <laughs> going, oh, no, I've done something wrong. Yes. <laughs> um, but it turned out that they wanted to offer me the, his position for the next school year. So wow. I... Accepted and then said, wait, no, I need to pray about it first. <laughs> uh, but prayed about it. And then it was very clear that, yeah, this is 
this is where God wants you. He's made it very clear that this is the obvious next step to take. That's really cool. I want to ask you some more about the military background. I wasn't familiar with that, so we'll yeah. ask you about that in a minute. All right, Lisa, what about you? Well, um, I when I was in college, I definitely felt burdened to go and teach overseas. Like I really felt that that was what God was calling me to do, but I didn't know where. Um, right. It was a very nebulous, like this half of the world kind of a calling. And that really confused me. I'm like, I, I, I like to plan and I like to have all of my ducks in a row. And the fact that God seemed to be directing me to about 20 different countries was very confusing. <laughs> um, so I, I tried a couple of different options in college, but... Like trips or just um, kind of considering things? Just considering things yeah. uh, through some professors and through some friends who were like, we're going to try and go you know, teach over here for a year or to this country. And all of them didn't work out. God closed each of those doors very soundly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was a little bit discouraged by that. But um, then as... I was finishing up my student teaching. Uh, Doug Abels actually came and did a presentation about harvest. And I sat there and went, this is it. Mm -hmm. This is what God wants me to do. And so I was really excited. And I went and did all of my research and got all my ducks in a row. And uh, I was so excited to uh, – and then I interviewed with John McGrew and came out here. Um, it was a, a pretty – Big transition for me because um, my family has always lived kind of in the same location, the same spot. Um, I am not uh, – I, I enjoy traveling. Um, I'm, I'm not really a stay-in-one-place kind of person, but I think that God might be leading me that way hmm. um, just uh, to stay and to invest in – one place, I think, is um, it's a blessing. I think that we need to be willing to go when God calls us to go, but I also think we need to be willing to stay and mm -hmm. to invest where God calls us to invest in. And so that has been kind of a really cool thing in my life to see God like changing me and growing me in that area of just, you know, you trusted me when you took the steps of obedience to go, all right, you need to trust me to stay as well Wow! and not leap to the next thing. So wow. That's really cool, Lisa. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, either of you, did either of you do like any missions trips in college? I didn't do any missions trips in college. I had done a couple in high school, not okay. to foreign countries, actually just to other places in okay, the States. in the States. But I had done camp ministry okay. in college. Was, were your parents stationed outside of the States or? Yeah, my parents were stationed for three years in Okinawa, Japan, when okay. I was nine to 12 years old. And we'd flown through Guam actually one time. Okay. Uh, let's go to that. Tell me about your growing up. Tell me about your spiritual story. Yeah, sure. So um, when I was born, my dad was a pastor in southern Minnesota, a little town called Spring Valley, Minnesota, near Rochester. And he... Uh, was working his way through seminary while being a full-time pastor just because the church needed somebody at the time. I spent the first six years of my life there. During that time, I got saved when I realized how much Christ loved me more than anyone else. Kind of really John 3.16 and on a Valentine's Day of all things, wow, <laughs> I got yeah. saved. Mm -hmm. And 
came home all excited to tell my dad about it and everything from school. And he was like, really? What? <laughs> at school? At the public school? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Huh. Um, when I was six, my dad joined the Air Force and we moved to Grand Forks, North Dakota. We were there for three years. I got baptized while I was there. And then we moved to Okinawa, Japan for the next three years. And then we've lived in Nebraska, Oklahoma, Ohio, Alabama. And then I went to school in Wisconsin. And my parents are currently in Maryland. My dad is still active duty. He's a chaplain. Um, and my brother actually joined up. He's in, he's in the in- He's an intelligence officer, also in the Air Force. Yeah. I'm the kind of person who, if my parents had not been in the military, I would still be living in Spring Valley, Minnesota, having never left mm. <laughs> that area. Right. So God has really used the military moving my family around to get me comfortable with change in a way that I wouldn't have been without it. You grew up in the same place, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Where was that? Tell me about your your spiritual story. Uh, yes. Uh, Southern New Jersey is where I grew up, actually kind of in a rural farming community for my younger years. My dad was a Baptist pastor of a really small church out in the middle of nowhere, about 45 minutes to the nearest town that had more than a stop sign. Mm. Um, But so I had a really great foundation in the truth of the Bible. Uh, My parents uh, taught me the word of God and I memorized it and I knew it but I was also a sinner as a child. Um, And God had to do some drastic things in my life to, or not really drastic, but like drastic for me as a child uh, to get a hold of my heart. So I kind of was a little bit self-reliant. I thought, "I, I know all the scriptures. I know the Bible. I'll be okay. And I really wasn't. Um, There was just a darkness in my heart and in my life that was not a blessing to the people around me. It wasn't a blessing to my parents and to my siblings. And um, so uh, through course of time, eventually my dad was called out of the ministry, which is, I know, kind of an unusual reversal. But um, so he transitioned to a... Uh, secular job. He now works at a nuclear power plant and um, works as a, uh, he teaches Sunday school at our church now. But um, it took moving from that rural country setting into kind of the suburbs of New Jersey outside of Philadelphia for me to kind of be confronted with my own inadequacies, I guess. And God really used that transition. I went from being a homeschooled country child to now a uh, middle schooler in a uh, like urban context in New Jersey where things are very rough. A lot of the people um, that were at the school had been kicked out of the local public schools, so they were not really kind-hearted characters. Um, and through that time in my life, Um, I was really confronted about where is my joy and where is my peace coming from because everything else in my life was changing. And through that time in my life, God showed me his peace. He showed me his light. I can remember um, reading my Bible in 1 John and verses about I have overcome the world. And God became real to me through that transition. 
And um, I started reading my Bible. I started praying. I started to just have a change in my attitude towards other people. I started a prayer meeting in the mornings um, because I knew I needed it, and I knew that the other people um, at our school needed it too to show the grace of God to each other. Um, and through that, I went away to a prayer advance uh, like that summer, I think, and um, just gave my life to God. I said, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Um, I got an opportunity to get involved in CEF or Child Evangelism Fellowship. And so for the next, I guess, six summers or so, I would go around and teach Bible stories in backyards and witness to children as best I could. Um, and I learned a lot about teaching through that experience. Um, there was a lot of times where sometimes we'd go to areas that were dangerous or that were um, kind of closed, but it was a really great opportunity to meet children with a specific um, purpose of sharing the gospel. Uh, that was kind of formative for me, and um, I have just followed God as he has, you know, led from there, but I think that that was just the, the point at which, okay, I can't do this on my own. God has to be the power behind whatever I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. That's really interesting. In fact, I was going to ask you, uh, you know, what it was. Why did you get into education? That sounds like that CEF experience was a big piece of that, right? Yeah, it, it definitely was. Um, it gave me kind of a foundation for um, like the teaching side of things, but it also, um, I think that was one of the first tastes of like a really solid Christian community of here are a bunch of people who have decided that for little to no money, we are going to go out and spend the entire summer telling people about Jesus. Yeah. And that requires a level of commitment that just wasn't present in other groups in my life at that time. Um, I mean, there were definitely, you know, I had solid church members and there were individuals who love Jesus and we're pursuing them, but I just didn't have a entire group that mm -hmm. was pursuing a mission together. And that was really special for me. Yeah, it's a really neat reminder of the influence that we have when we have passions together within a community. Mm -hmm. And God, uh, you know, infuses that into other people around us and we really begin to grow in that. That's really interesting. Kelly, you're... Uh, you know, burden for teaching. Where did that start for you? My mom is an English teacher. Okay. Actually, we're almost carbon copy the same person <laughs> in a lot of ways. When I was growing up, I watched her um, teach in my household when we were homeschooled. And then when we went to school, she taught there as well. And as I was going through big transitions in my life, she was always there for me and always helping. And I watched the way that other teachers poured into my life and were able to share Christ with students. And by the time I got to time to go to college and choose a major, uh, I did not know what I wanted to do <laughs> at all. But I thought, well, I liked English class. So, and my mom's an English teacher, I'll put that down for now. And we'll see if something better comes along. But throughout the college experience, and especially when I started to get experience doing internships in different classrooms, I found that I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And especially through my camp experience. I ran all the games and activities 
up there, but in at Shatek. But we had just interactions, times to interact with the kids and and see their enthusiasm for things and their uh, the the fun that they have all the time and your ability to guide that and direct that is awesome and dangerous. Right. <laughs> and there are so many times when you can say the right thing to a kid at the right moment. Mm-hmm. And you can watch how God uses that in their life and uses it to work in their life. And then they come back at camp the next year, a different kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch how a kid in a classroom doesn't understand something and you walk them through how to do it. And the moment they get it for the first time and then the next problem they do right. It's like what a they that hope lights up in their face. I can do this. Right. And it's an addicting experience. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that part. I'm sure that it is, but teachers have such a powerful influence in the lives of kids. I mean, not only just the time that you're able to spend with them, but you're holding a important place of authority and influence. And um, man, how many lives have been changed by the influence and the care of teachers in their lives. So thank you guys both for being willing to do that. We have just a couple of minutes, um, um, but I want to finish just by asking you about church. Um, you both had maybe a little bit different experiences church growing up. You moved around quite a bit. You're in the same general location. But tell me about church on Guam. What's that meant for you? How's it been helpful for you? Church on Guam, especially the last two years, has meant everything. Mm. Um Prior to this, really, with the last, maybe the first couple of years here, church was kind of a, a part of just my living culture. You know, I'd grown up in church. You go to church every Sunday. You go to church on Wednesday. You help out with certain ministries. It's just kind of part of the rhythm of life. Really, in the last couple of years, especially with COVID, you start to see how necessary mm-hmm. it is and how that community is so important. Um, even just when we were watching the live streams, uh, back when quarantine, you know, lockdowns right. were here, and it was it was great that to have roommates to watch the service with, so you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And then that first Sunday back, what a powerful experience! Yeah. <laughs> Just the songs we yeah. sang that day. Still, sometimes you start to tear up thinking about I it. I feel the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, plus, before COVID, I had been working a lot to the point where I was feeling burnt out and really struggling. And when COVID dropped a lot of that work time out of my life. And I was left with the ability to put together what are the essentials in my life? What do I need? And taking the time to, to look through those priorities and realizing that I need church. I need my own personal Bible time. I need fellowship with other believers. Um, our Young Pros group here at Harvest has been a huge influence in my life. Um, the Wednesday night Bible reading that Ben Bohr has been running the last couple of years, ha- or last couple of really weeks, not months, <laughs> whatever, yeah. has been strong, a strong influence in how I study the Bible and the way I look at things. Just the seeing the passion in other people in that group for Christ has been an impactful experience for me and changes the way that I view my need to desire God and changing that you know, looking towards desiring God, all right, if I'm going to desire him, I need to get to know him per- yeah. on a more personal level. Yeah, yeah. And then understanding that I'm, I'm going to get to know God on a more personal level and being confronted with God's holiness in my life. And then what that understanding, that relation of understanding what that means leads to a gratitude, which leads to a life of a living sacrifice. Thanks for sharing that. It's really cool. Um, 
Uh, oh, and I wanted to mention too, you mentioned Young Pros. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a group at Harvest that's primarily, uh, can be college, but kind of out of college, young professionals. And yeah, it's just, God is really using and blessing that group. And so I'm, thanks for sharing that. It's cool. Maybe yeah. somebody's listening and saying, hey, I, I, need, I need something like that in my life. Join Young Pros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great group. Okay, Lisa, what about you? Well, church for me, um, I often, well, I not often, but occasionally I'll say church is life. And uh, it really has been for me, especially these past couple of years. Mm -hmm. I can echo a lot of what um, Kelly has said about church and about young pros. But I think uh, it is really important to have a group that, together is pursuing the mission of honoring God and worshiping him the way that he deserves to be worshiped. And I think that we are really blessed to have a lot of people who have the same mindset, the same desire to serve and to worship God. And uh, with the way that Guam is, um, there's a lot of people that come into our lives and who go out and they go to other parts of the world. And it is a privilege to um, get to know them, to have community with them while they're here. And then to, I know a lot of times uh, my first couple of years teaching, I'd be like, you know what, I probably will not see this person again until I meet them in heaven. Mm. And I think that every year um, it just becomes sweeter. Heaven mm. gets sweeter every year that um, even with all of the goodbyes, God is still building his church. He's scattering us all right. over the world and yeah. able to bless and enrich all kinds of people groups and uh, other church communities. But ultimately, he's the one who gets the praise and the glory. Thank you, guys, first of all, for being willing to take that first big leap and following God's leading to come to Guam and then serving so faithfully. And I love the idea of saying, um, having the faith to stay. I think that's cool. And I'm gonna pray that God honors and blesses um, your, your mission, your ministry. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we wanna again, personally invite you to services at Harvest Baptist Church. This weekend, we meet 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Sunday. We'd love to see you at either service. During that 11 a.m. service, we also have a live stream. It's at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And we do have Japanese and Korean translation, which is available during that 11 a.m. service. And this week, we'll be in Joshua 4 Memorials. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.